podcast of JetNation.com, the largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now, to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here's your host, Glenn Naughton. Good evening, Jets fans. How are we doing today? I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight we're going to uh we're gonna take some time. We got the as we know, the the Super Bowl this weekend. Uh I can I can imagine not everyone will be everyone will be tuning in. Um you've got perennial winners that were there seemingly and a team who uh just got to where they are a couple seasons ago. Uh, the fans in LA don't even, uh, well, at least, at least I know a couple of years ago when, when the Rams moved back to LA, not, not a great deal of enthusiasm other than the, uh, the handful of folks who were coming out for games. I think I talked about this at the time. It was really shocking. I guess it shouldn't be shocking. It's the reason why LA's had such a hard time supporting teams. Um, Ross Tucker from NFL, Sirius XM, NFL radio. Talked about being out there for the Rams season opener after being away for what was it twenty some years. Uh, said he asked about fifteen different people in different industries. Everyone he came into contact with, barbers, cab drivers, waiters, waitresses. Um, asked them all who the Rams are playing that weekend, and not one person knew the answer. Uh, some people didn't even realize the Rams were a thing in L.A. So you've got a disinterested fan base versus a largely bandwagon fan base um squaring off again it, i would i would expect the, the ratings for this one will not be as good as uh some other matchups would have been but either way it's here when it is gone we will be roughly 6 weeks away from free agency and that's what we're going to talk about tonight because that is going to be the first chance the Jets really have to to significantly, dramatic, dramatically, drastically improve their roster. It's going to be on general manager Mike McCagnan and his uh, hundred and something, hundred and whatever million dollars that he is going to have. And it, I mean, it promises to be fast and furious. And there are some big names out there. There are some small names out there. We'll go over some of that, uh, some decisions to make with Spencer Long, center slash left guard, who had an up and down year last year due to make six and a half million. Jets have a, in a few weeks, the Jets will have a decision to make on him. They can either cut him and avoid any cap hit at all, save the full six point five million. Or in the first week of February, his he's got a two and a half million dollar bonus or $2.5 million of his salary becomes uh, is due, roster bonus. So they would, when he would not get it back down the road. I wouldn't be shocked if he's let go, but in all honesty, with the amount of money they have, the amount of holes they have, I would say, and, and the fact that he played all right at left guard last year, I'd say bring the guy back for an audition. I mean, $6.5 million is a lot for a backup. 
But even if he ends up being a backup center left guard, that's that's not the worst thing in the world because you uh, you need some depth in this league. We've talked about that. Talked about you know, it's it's a weird thing. You know, this offensive line needs to be upgraded dramatically, but in terms of depth, the backup guys, they've all been tested enough that they're fine backups. You know, as I said last week, the Brent Quales, Dakota Dozers of the world, you know, these aren't world beaters, but you're generally not going to get that with your backup O-lineman, as evidenced by the fact that uh, the Jets O-line, as bad as it was, to the human eye, to the naked eye, um, statistically was, um, you know, middle of the pack line in terms of protecting the quarterback. And yeah, I mean, even I'm tired of saying that, but that's just making the point that the the guys they have backing up in the trenches are guys they could live with. And if you added Spencer Long to that mix, and you, you know, you're doing all right if somebody goes down, if starter goes down. But that's what that's where, you know, it becomes key is adding starters, adding quality players. So we're going to touch on free agency. Uh throw out a uh, worth mentioning. Um, might even, might even. Let's get to those off the top here. But first, before I go any further, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mile Social. Mile Social. They want to. Uh, they want to handle all of your internet, so all of your social media, and internet needs. Mile Social helps businesses with social media, websites, and SEOs. Check them out at milesocial.com, M-I-L-E social.com. So, yeah, we'll, we'll run through the list of free agents and, uh, and go through these, these couple of notes. Won't, you know, didn't, won't make any big waves in the immediate future. But a uh, couple signings that jumped out at me. I was taking a look at the, the future reserve guys the other day. And... Uh, what really one in particular who jumped out at me that I was surprised was you know oh by the the Cowboys this past off season or this after after the 2017 season and I thought he'd been picked up elsewhere but he hadn't been Charles Tapper uh, Charles Tapper is a, a guy worth keeping an eye on he's been in the league for a couple years and he's been hurt and hurt and hurt and I know that. There's, you know, the very few guys who, who get hurt that often. It's not very often they'll bounce back and have, you know, long, productive careers. But at the same time, guys are worth taking a risk on because if they can get their act together and they can stay healthy, uh, they can be productive. And Tapper, Charles Tapper is a guy who's, he checks in at 6'3", 270. He's got some, some, some versatility along that defensive line. You look at the the number of friends Greg Williams likes to likes to run. Charles Tapper's a guy who can play a little bit inside, a little bit outside. Again, at 6'3", 270, he ran a uh, a combine best, 4.59 for D lineman a few years ago when in Indy when he was there. And uh, only played a couple games this year, or in 2017, the last time he was on the field, only played a couple games with the Cowboys. Handful of snaps, I want to say 32, 33 snaps. But got himself a sack, a couple quarterback pressures, and... Uh, Again, explosive guy. Played at Oklahoma where he looked really, really good. You know, there's some questions about his ability, his, his ability to bend, his pad level, things like that. Some coachable things that, that needed some work. But just the over, his overall skill set. Um, 
makes him a guy who was, you know, obviously down pick. He went in the fourth, uh, but just the number of injuries caught up with him. And Dallas had enough depth on that D line that they let him go. But uh, as I said, I thought he'd been picked up elsewhere. And then when I took a look the other day, just kind of glancing through the roster, I saw his name and um, I, I guess the uh, the team they, they signed him and uh, Tavon Campbell, a corner out of Canada, out of the CFL, twenty um, blazing speed from what I was able to find. He's uh, six foot one ninety five. Reporty ransom sub four four forties. We'll see how that translates. I mean. We've seen plenty of times before where guys, you know, guys run these great 40 times and they just don't look anywhere near as fast in pads on the field. And yesterday, uh, yesterday, the day before, sometime in the last 48 hours, the Jets had a corner, uh, Arthur Mollett, which is that, I don't know much about him. Um, I haven't, I haven't watched film on him. They just got him in the last day or two. He hasn't played a ton. Um, one thing that Joe stuff, he ran like a, a four eight or four nine or something something insanely high. No, yeah, four nearly a four seven. He ran a four six eight, I believe. Um, which for a corner, that's that's a slow safety. Um, so we'll see. I mean, supposedly scouting reports say some quickness, maybe maybe some potential as a nickel. But my goodness, a corner running you know nearly in the four sevens, uh, not at the top of my list. And again, understanding straight line speed isn't everything. There can't be a whole lot of guys in the league who, who ran that slow playing corner. So, again, that's just a couple couple things that jumped out at me looking at the roster, guys worth looking at, um, who I'd like to see more of. I'll be, you know, trying to pull up some film or some some uh, some college games for these guys and see how they look because, you know, a lot of these guys on the practice squad and future reserve deals haven't had a ton of reps in the pros. So, moving on to free agency. We're going to, I was going to, and kind of write down my favorite names, but I think what we'll do is uh, I'm going to go through, I pulled up a couple top 20, top 50 uh, free agent lists, found one, found one that I liked on PFF, Pro Football Focus, so we're going to, we're going to go through that one, we're going to go through the PFF list of free agents, talk about whether it's a player the Jets should pursue, how realistic it is they hit the market. And um, and, we'll, and of course, Le'Veon Bell is not on here, as he is not a free agent yet. But we will start with Le'Veon Bell. Well, well nobody's a free agent yet, but Le'Veon Bell isn't. Um, let's see. Oh no, they did put him on. They just they had him much lower than I thought. I thought he'd be a top five guy. So I take that back. I figured they left him off because his situation wasn't settled in Pittsburgh. But they do have him on here. Okay. So starting at the top, then edge rusher Demarcus Lawrence, who talked about a little bit on here. Uh, a lot of people have speculated about whether or not he he will hit free agency. He's one of those guys that, based on his talent, you would your expectation would be there's no way he hits free agency. And if he hits free agency, should the Jets pursue him? Absolutely, absolutely. You you back up the truck for this guy. Why? Why is there a chance he'll hit, he'll hit free agency? Well, the Cowboys, much like the Jets, don't have a ton of guys under contract um, going into next year. Their number is pretty low. I forget exactly what it is, but they 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 got some holes to fill, 
And they have Dak Prescott wants a deal. And the Cowboys is reportedly negotiating with him. You know, they started negotiating negotiating with him late in the season. He's going to be in the twenty million a year range. Um, they gave up a, a first round pick to get Amari Cooper. They're going to want him resigned. He's going to be a twenty million. Well, let's even if we say sixteen million a year range. Uh, a report today is saying that Ezekiel Elliott may hold out if he doesn't get a new deal. He's going to want sixteen, seventeen million. Okay, see where I'm going with this? You can't have. I saw. Can't remember what they they have a uh, one of their corners is due to hit free agency, not this year but next. And they're saying that'll be another seventeen, eighteen million dollar a year deal. You throw Demarcus Lawrence in there. That's six guys that they're going to have to pay. I mean, let's be let's say you're looking minimum sixteen, seventeen million a year. Six guys. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible, but wow. I mean, you're talking about allocating $130, $140 million to six guys. And you you got probably another 20-some roster spots to fill. And that's in, in addition to who you have on your roster now. So the Cowboys are going to have to get really creative or the Cowboys are going to have to let somebody walk. Now, will it be Lawrence? I doubt it. But it does make it an interesting situation because there are times we see these, and there's some guys on the list like this that we'll talk about. Insanely talented guys where a team isn't an ideal cap situation, but you're like, well, they can make one or two moves and they'll they'll fit him, they'll make him work. Um, I don't know if you can, I don't know how much here it is to say, Oh, really? They have to sign five or six guys for nearly $20 million a year? Yeah, they'll work that out. Um, they might. They might. But uh, let's not fool ourselves and say well, that's, that's going to be an easy one. It's easy to free up 8 or $9 million on your roster. Um, easy to fill up 120 with uh with 20 or 30 holes or, you know, empty roster spots. I would say that is that is significantly less easy than making room for one or two guys. So we'll see where it goes. But if the Marcus Lawrence hits free agency, you absolutely go get that guy. I mean, could you imagine how much better that guy in one day makes your roster? You know, we, we, we hear it all the time, and rightfully so. This team has not had uh, an elite pass rusher since the days of John Abraham. And Lawrence would immediately fix that. He would join Greg Williams' 4-3. As you guys had double-digit sacks each 14 and a half, two years ago. Had 10 and a half this year. Um, you know, of course, there's always the concern that is, you know, what happens once the guy gets his deal? What happens when he gets his money? What happens once he gets paid? Listen, I understand that. And I also understand, you know, oh, you got to build through the draft. You got to build through the draft. Build through the draft is the way to go. You can't, you can't win. You can't with free agents. Um, remember at the start of the show when we talked about who's in the Super Bowl this year? Rams. Both their starting corners acquired this offseason. And Dominican Sue acquired this offseason. 
Brandon Cooks acquired this offseason. I mean, they added four, five, six big-name players through trades and free agency that people said, you know, that, that vaulted them, honestly. I mean, I know I, know I wasn't the only one saying it, that, that, you know, those moves made them a Super Bowl contender. Going out and getting a keep to leave and Dominican Sue, Peterson. I mean, they added some damn good talent. And now they're in the Super Bowl. So, you know, there's there's more than one way to build a roster. Would you love to stack your roster with cheap, affordable draft picks who can contribute at a high level early on at a low price? Of course you would. And that's hopefully what the Jets are going to be doing. However, that doesn't mean, you know, you can never go out and sign some free agents. You know, you're not going to succeed if you go get free agents. So, yeah, the concern with Lawrence, two big seasons, but the good thing about Lawrence and just, uh, you know, you say, look, some guys take a few years to come to their own, but he's coming off back-to-back double-digit sack seasons and would immediately upgrade the defense. So, Demarcus Lawrence, absolutely. Number two on their list, Earl Thomas. And by the way, if you're not a, a subscriber to Pro Football Focus, I recommend it. They're not a sponsor. They're not paying me to say that. I have it. Um, it's not cheap, but it's worth it if you're a fan. I'm not going to share grades here because that's not, you know, they, uh, that's a, a, a violation of their, their, their user terms. So I'm not going to, not going to give out grades. Thomas is their number two. Obviously not a need there. Good player, but not a need. Trey Flowers, edge defender from the Patriots. I'll tell you what. Um, I'd take Trey Flowers in a heartbeat, uh, you know, because again, let's let, let's say hypothetically, let, let's say Demarcus Lawrence, the Cowboys find a way to keep him. It won't be easy, but let's say they do. Trey Flowers, I, I honestly, I don't see the, I don't see the Patriots letting him go either. And this is with with edge rushers, is the good ones rarely hit free agency. So Trey Flowers, I would take him in a heartbeat. Really good player. Has been fantastic this pre this postseason, but I don't see Bill Belichick letting him go. But that brings us to the next guy because this is a guy that I think will hit free agency and is good enough uh, um, quarterback. And really, the guy you can probably get for a couple years, you know, three year deal maybe. He's 31 years old, but still playing at a high level. That's Eagles defensive end. Saw a little bit of a drop off this year in sack production, but and, and maybe a little bit biased toward Graham. Um, as I've mentioned before, spent some time in Philly before moving back to the UK. And uh, that guy, even though the sack numbers aren't always there, the guy just always seems to always seems to be affecting a play. You know, QB pressures, QB hits. You know, as we say, and everyone says, it's not always about the sacks. You know, if you can, if you, okay, then you're doing all right. And Brandon Graham's a guy who does that. Yeah, and a half a couple of years ago, but we saw that dip to four this year. So, uh, and but the, the two seasons prior to that, he had six and a half and five and a half. So he's not, he hasn't been a consistent double. He's never been actually a double-digit sack guy, but just a disruptive player who doesn't get enough credit. He's uh. He does a nice job. 
Next player, Grady Jarrett, D lineman. Uh, wouldn't, you know, with the Jets transition to a 4-3, maybe you go after a Grady Jarrett. He can be a disruptive guy. But, again, this, a lot of this is going to depend on, I mean, obviously what the Jets do in free agency will impact the draft. But uh, with so many good D linemen available, and if the Jets do, if the Jets are able to trade down, I mean, hell, even then they should be targeting left tackle or uh, edge rusher. But DT is unlikely. So Grady Jarrett, if if they feel like he's a guy, it, I mean, with with him, I mean, with most of these guys, it's going to come down to money. As good as he is, as disruptive as he can be from the inside, I think it's this one comes down to you know the Jets sitting down with Greg Williams, much much like I said with the Leonard Williams situation, you know, get his input. And you know Greg Williams has been coaching for a million years. I used to ask him, what what do you think you can get out of this guy? How much of a difference can this guy make on your defense? And you go from there. That's your number five player, Grady Jarrett. Number six, wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, Jadavion Clowney. Immensely, immensely talented player who he, the guy has been hurt too often for the money he's going to want. He might go somewhere and get 20 sacks. They, I mean, you cannot deny the guy's talent when he's playing at his best. But when you have a guy who's injured as often as he is and the money he's going to want, I just can't see it. I, I don't see being willing to put up the type of money it's going to take to secure. And uh, again, never had 10 sacks. We, but it's, it's, I mean, he had nine sacks this year, nine and a half the year before. There's a there, Listen, there's a good chance that for the next many years, he will be a double-digit sack guy. But it's just as likely, if not more so, that he'll spend the next several years playing hurt or missing time because he's injured because he's done a lot of that throughout his career. So he's a guy, although, I mean, I will say to, to be fair, like I said, he, he's played hurt a little bit, so he could have been more productive, but he's been, he's been most part, he's been on the field the last few years, you know, 2014, 2015, were a bit of a disaster, but 2016, 17 and 18, he's missed a combined four starts. Missed, uh, two this year and two in 2016, according to pro football reference, not pro football focus. So, but those early injuries scare me a bit. They really do. Uh, He's the type of guy I'd love to get. I mean, it won't happen. I'd love to see him on a one or see how he does. And then, then see if you're going to commit to him long-term. But to Davion Clowney, the money he'll be asking and the, the injury history, I don't think the Jets can afford to do that. Would I hate it if they signed him? No. You know, I, I guess the optimist in me would just look at the uh, the upside. But I'd, I'd, I'd be, there'd be a part of me that'd be worrying quite a bit about the injuries. Landon Collins is next on the list. Giant safety. He is not a man big money, so that's a no. Frank Clark, edge defender for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, Clark's an interesting one because he's another edge guy, and he he may make it free agency, um, surprisingly, just because of his youth. You know, he's 26, 27 years old. 
former second-round pick, who had 13 sacks this year. And I've seen a couple people say that they think he hits free agency. I honestly, because why? Why would you let that guy hit free agency? Um, we will see if Pete Carroll and company decide to do that. I'm not even sure. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can take a look and see what the Seattle Seahawks salary cap situation is like. Because really, unless you're pressed up against the cap and you're absolutely, you know, you have a ton of holes to fill next year, then I don't see why you can't get him done. Yeah, according to our friends at OverTheCap.com, uh. Seahawks have $54 million in cap space next year, which, to be honest, isn't a ton. Because, yeah, actually looking at it, I'm not going to go with the exact number, but um, it doesn't look like it looks, or I should say it does look like they have quite a few uh, quite a few gaps on their roster. Because, again, keep in mind, when you're looking at the rosters as they currently stand, you're, uh, you're looking at 10 practice squad guys and maybe some futures guys who who don't have a realistic chance to make the roster. I mean, they have a ton of guys that make uh, really small money. Yeah, so they, they have some back end of the roster guys. So, again, uh, can they afford to go after a guy like Clark who will command big money if they've got that many holes to fill? We shall see. And next on the list, D Ford, another edge rusher who I'm sure Jets fans would love to have. However... I although there were some rumors that D Ford would not get franchise tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs, that would be rather surprising if that didn't happen. I think we will see Ford get tagged. I think they saw how valuable he was to them. And uh I mean no, he he his that that playoff loss, he didn't play well, he didn't do much. But still too good of a player to let hit free agency, too young at a critical position. I don't see that happening. Uh next up Who's uh, he's been a good player, but he's much like Clowney. He's battled injuries, so he would worry me. I think uh, I think he's missed missed a little bit of time in a few different seasons at this point, and you have to ask yourself, you know, how much are you willing to pay a guy who's you know who's missed a bunch of games, and uh, he missed seven games last year, missed nine games the year before that. So that's those are big chunks of time, but he's a good, you know, his first two seasons in the pros, 15 and 14 starts, so didn't really miss much time. And uh, that was with the Buffalo Bills, of course. And then he went to the Eagles where he got dinged up a couple times. All in all, good player. And again, you can count him as one of those guys that it's not that you, you wouldn't want to see him, but you, you'd be worried about some, you'd be worried about the injury history. Adrian Amos is their next is PFF's next uh, free agent. Uh, without mentioning grades, he's uh, he's number eleven safety. Num- another player the Jets, you know, just unless they're going for a low level, you know, another low level safety is a depth guy or a guy who you can use in you know multiple roles. But you're not going to get a guy like you're not going to get a guy like Amos in, in that spot. Uh, next up, Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know how you don't make a run at it. You know, there have been rumors saying he wanted to go to the Colts. And then people start to spend that kind of money on a running back. 
I saw something recently that he wants to go to Miami, and that may be the case, and if he does, that's fine. But I think um, I think given the cap space the Jets have and the amount of money that Le'Veon Bell just lost in free agency, or not in free agency, but lost by not showing up to work last year, I think it's going to be all about the money for Le'Veon Bell. And I could be wrong. Maybe he's a different kind of guy. Maybe he really does just want to win, which if that were the case, why are you going to go to Miami? We don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. Maybe he is Le'Veon Bell. Um, but, you know, maybe Le'Veon Bell does go somewhere like that. But I think he's going to chase the money. And I think the Jets are going to offer most. You know, they're going to outbid anybody else. And I think Le'Veon Bell's going to be a Jet. And I think, you know, a guy, when you talk about a running back who might be the best running back in the NFL and can get you 60, 70, 80 catches, then that's just an absolute no-brainer. You have to go sign that guy. And I, I get the positional thing. The, oh, you $16 million for a running back too much. I get that. But the Jets have money to spend. And the number one objective is going to be protecting and developing Sam Darnold. And the best way to do that is to get him guys who can play at a at an elite level. And Le'Veon Bell's ability to run and catch. And like I've said this before, I said it throughout the offseason. By Le'Veon Bell sitting out last year, that could be the best thing he done because that can add years to his career. And I always use the example of Marcus Allen, who was really, for me as a fan, the first running back I saw who played at a level as high as Marcus Allen did late in his career. Um, he was the first back that I saw who was sort of 30-31. You know, he's considered a dinosaur at that point in Kansas City, and he was playing really well. And got to the tense relationship he had in Oakland with Al Davis when he had a couple of seasons where they just sat him. He was healthy. He was ready to play. They just they didn't play him. Al Davis, you know, whatever the, the spite he had toward Marcus Allen, he sat the guy for a full season. And Marcus Allen said that he thinks that's why he was able to play as well as he was late into his career. So Le'Veon Bell's definite yes for me. Uh, four-year deal, something along those lines. And, and get it done. Marcus Joyner, uh, again, another safety. Well, really, <laughs> we should just skip right over those guys because that, that couldn't and shouldn't be happening. Um, next up, uh, this one's interesting because of some news that came out this week. And Dominican Sue, who I mentioned earlier, Rams defensive tackle. He's, uh, you know, there were reports last year that the Jets had made an offer. And, uh, Chris Johnson pulled the offer because it was taking too long. But Sue said, in his mind anyway, um, that it was close. And he he thought there was a good chance he was going to be a Jet. And it just didn't work out. Well, now, he's he's only going to be a year older. It's not like he's looking back, and this is four years ago. One off season later, and he's going to be a free agent again. And he's he's a nasty dude. And Greg Williams, his defensive coordinator, is a nasty dude. And I wouldn't be one bit surprised if Greg Williams said to the Jets, yeah, get get that guy. Get him on my D-line. And it may come down to money. How realistic is he, is he going to be in his demands? And at this point in his career, a little bit overrated, maybe. Feel like he feel like he's been a, a very good player. Get to the... The draft pick and 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 salary that he's earned. So, the fact that the Jets were interested last off season, 
and the fact he's a free agent this offseason makes you wonder if they'll if they'll get together and talk again, especially, you know, with Sue saying publicly that he thought it might happen. That could be kind of a uh, just a heads up, you know, as Ndamukong Sue sits, that, sits there and looks at how much money the Jets have. And, of course, and he can't do anything. But if a reporter says, were you almost a Jet? He can say, yeah, I almost was, but I'm not. That's that's nothing nothing stopping him from saying that, but that could be him setting, you know, shooting up a flare for the Jets. Like, hey, this guy's uh, saying that he thought he was going to be here and he wanted to visit and it just didn't work out. So should we try to work it out this offseason if, if we're interested? So that'll bear watching. That was number 14. Matt Paradis, Denver Broncos. I'll tell you what, I I don't see how Denver lets him get away. But if you can go get this guy to play center, that's one of the biggest signings of your offseason right there. It's not sexy because he doesn't touch the ball. Fans want guys who touch the ball. But let's be honest here, um, you need a center. And this guy's one of the best in the business. If you can go out and, and add one of the top players in the league, and free agency, then then you do it. And now the Broncos are a team that you could see not being able to afford him. Um, there's been talk that they might shop Von Miller because the Broncos the Broncos are sitting on let's look four, okay so forty million in cap space forty one million that's not a whole lot. And two reasons why this could be good for the Jets: one, if they can't clear cap space, then they could be looking a then Matt Matt Paradis may be elsewhere. If they look to clear cap space, aside from trading Von Miller, one thing they can do is release Case Keenum, quarterback Case Keenum. Now, it'll be a cap hit of $10 million, which is a big hit, but it would be a savings of $11 million, and they need savings. And doing that would mean that John Elway, once again, is in the market for a quarterback. Now, if you're the Jets... You want as many teams as possible to be in search of a quarterback. And the Broncos are picking at 10. And uh, let's face it, Elway, if they do part ways with Case Keenum, I mean, he's, I don't even know if desperate is the word. I don't know how many quarterbacks you get to miss on. I mean, this <laughs> Jets fans still kill Mike McCagnan because he missed with Petty and Hack. Two guys. Elway's drafted what? Spent first-round picks on quarterbacks who were terrible, Paxton Lynch, spent a ton of money on Case Keenum, who was not very good this season. I don't know how many quarterbacks he gets to go get, but he's a legend in Denver, so he may just be, you know, he may be locked into that job no matter how good or bad the Broncos are. But uh, that, that's that's two players, two big situations that will bear watching for the Jets is cap situation and then the domino there is do they let the quarterback go, Case Keenum, and then look to trade up to the top three or top five, making the Jets a, a possible target for the Broncos and for the Jets to add some more picks. So after Paradise, you got Golden Tate, wide receiver. I wouldn't do it, personally. Uh, you know, as I've said before, I like the, the Anderson, Inunua, Herndon. I like that trio of targets. Yes, they do need a 
Yes, they need someone who can show he can stay healthy. But uh, I would prefer a, a lesser-known receiver or a draft pick and let that draft pick develop while you work with Quincy and Robbie and Herndon. And, uh, you know, who knows what Deontay Burnett may become. I think there are some other options there. Linebacker Jordan Hicks is their 17th. And I'll tell you what, he was a guy who looked phenomenal a few years ago in Philly. Had a great rookie year. Looked like he was going to be a long-term guy. Um, but now he's another guy who's battled injuries. A, a legitimate possibility. Um, Daryl Williams, tackle. Now, here's a guy who has been one of the – I mean, he'll be the best offensive tackle on the market. Would it, would I would imagine for a guy with him, with his resume, he'll be looking for left, left tackle money. Uh, the Jets are probably with, – with what they have in Kelvin Beecham, I think that – I think Darrell Williams is unlikely. I think that's an unlikely move. Uh, I say it all the time, Beecham isn't great, but he's a solid enough player. But he's another guy, if the Jets cut him, if the Jets were to part ways with Kelvin Beecham, significant cap savings as well. The Jets have that situation with the, with three of their linemen right now. Kelvin Beecham, hypothetically, you say you let him go, that's an $8 million savings. And only one point five in dead money. That's not a lot of dead money. And then Spencer Long and Brian Winters are identical. They could both be cut with no cap hit and a savings of six point five million. So do I think it'll happen? Do I think we'll see do I think we'll see Brandon uh or Kelvin? Don't. But I wouldn't, you know, as I said earlier, I think the Jets could look to go left tackle in the draft. I I think one thing I wouldn't rule out for sure would be the Jets moving down a few spots in the draft, grab Jonah Williams, and let Jonah Williams play left guard his rookie year with Beach and playing left tackle. And then you ease uh, Jonah Williams into left tackle the following season. But we'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, next on the list, number 19, a name uh, some of you may have heard before. Now, if you want Sheldon Richardson back in New York, I mean, let's face it. He is one of the more disappointing players. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.